0: From the Oxano Podcast Network, welcome to My Ministry Breakthrough, hosted by me, Brian Rose. This podcast is all about pastors sharing unfiltered stories of moments large and small, of times when the fog of ministry chaos clears and breakthrough clarity happens. We talk about helping every generation find
1: genuine fulfillment through life anchored in Christ. And it's uh, it's it's that idea of every generation, and embracing that and seeing the beauty of it, uh, not just not just the 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 difficulty mm. in it, uh, you know, but seeing the beauty of generations coming together. You know, to see people who have worshipped in this in this church uh since World War II you know coming along the family that moved into the neighborhood six months ago you know to to, to, to see now uh, great grandchildren worshiping with their their their, their great-grandparent, you know I, I, to me it's you see a beauty of
0: of God's kingdom, The best church you will ever serve is the one you lead and grow, not the one you go and find. Statistically, most new leaders under 40 will step into their first senior pastor role at a congregation much older than they are, that is much more inwardly focused than they think it should be, and these leaders will quickly see some immediate and obvious changes that must be made. In this episode of My Ministry Breakthrough, Pastor Marty Jackman shares from his heart about the journey of leading a multi-generational, 140-year-old church to stay focused with an outward posture toward reaching their community, even as the force of human nature tends to cause people to drift inward. You're gonna love this episode because Marty is a thoughtful pastor's pastor, and he is passionate about reaching across generational lines to create a church where mission trumps preference and where reaching people in the community takes priority over keeping people comfortable in the church. One of his biggest breakthrough moments came in owning the fact that he was not the leader that everyone, including himself, thought that he should be and how the church actually became more effective as a result of Marty not leading as who he wanted to be, but as exactly who he is. Young leaders take note, the church you were looking for, that perfect church God has for you, is likely the one you will find through leading where you are, not leaving where you are. Lean in and listen up to my ministry breakthrough with Marty Jackman, senior pastor at Bayleaf Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. Marty, we're sitting here in the church parlor, and I think... <laughs> This room kind of embodies Bayleaf for me, Mm -hmm. of kind of being this multi generational church. You guys span uh, two worlds, and there's nothing that says it, you know, better than this room. Like, kind of, it's a traditional church parlor, but I also know it's set up that you have more non traditional church meetings in here. So, right, yeah, give us a snapshot of Bayleaf. (laughs) You know, just take a few minutes, talk to us about Bayleaf and and uh, and your role here. How'd you get to be a part? You know, Bayleaf. We
1: can we trace our history back to 1880, right? When it was founded as uh, Bayleaf Missionary Baptist Mm -hmm. Church, Uh, it has the the church has has prospered. The church has been blessed by God. Uh, This area uh, would be you know considered now North Raleigh, okay, but. For for many years, it was certainly separated by Raleigh. People took a day to go into Raleigh, Uh, but now Raleigh has come to us. So just the growth of the area helped the church grow. Uh, Founded, it's still very central in a community called Bayleaf, but-
0: On Possum Track Road. On Possum
1: Track Road. uh, That was a, it's interesting- I tell people we're on Bayleaf Church Road, and the county when they uh, when the lake went in and they re they repositioned, renamed the roads. They just made a a little bit of a mistake, but starting in the front, it's Bayleaf Church Road. But um, you know, it's a, it's a church that has I think always valued generations. I think mm-hmm. it's had to value it more as the church has grown. Uh, someone said there's five generations alive and we have all five in our church so you joke about the parlor and that's what the the older uh, adults call this there's a Sunday school class that meets in here we've had pastors reception uh in here groups meet in here our younger people it's uh uh it's the uh, you know they don't refer to it as the parlor they don't even know what a parlor is right uh but it's um yeah, I think it is somewhat, it, it, you know, uh, indicative of, of who we are, who we've been—a church that's transitioned in in some ways to meet the needs yeah. uh, of our building and so forth. So, you know, uh, I think it's a wonderful church. I, I came here uh, twenty years ago. This okay. year, uh, we came came on staff. I've been the college pastor. I've worked uh, as just an assistant size uh, preaching pastor. Left for three years and then came back in 2007 as senior pastor. Okay, Been here. So they know me. I know them. They they've uh, they know my faults, <laughs> and they still love me. And we're not too far from Wake Forest University, right? How far? Well, we're, we're 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 you know two and a half. We're we're two hours from Wake Forest oh, University. Okay. The town of Wake Forest, where Wake Forest started, is. Uh, Eight miles away, and that's where Southeastern Seminary is. But now Wake
0: Forest University is not in Wake Forest, North Carolina. No,
1: is back in the 1950s. Uh, the uh, the like my whole life is a lie right
0: now.
1: <laughs> the uh, a, a large uh, the a large tobacco company uh, could can, can you know I, I guess they uh, talk the university into moving to Winston Salem.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Uh, and they built a campus there, but it's amazing if you could have gone on Wake Forest University's campus in the '80s uh, before you know they've had they've had a lot of growth. It was, it would it would surprise you how similar it was to Southeastern Seminary. Okay. But no, up until you know it's different now. But I've heard stories of even like in the '70s, people showing up at the seminary. Thinking it was they were coming to Wake Forest University, uh, but no. So they're actually uh, they're actually different. But still, so some demon deacons involved. That's yeah, exactly but just right. The different, There's different. You styles. ever wondered about that? Is the the two Christian schools? Uh, the Methodist started Duke, and they're the devils, and the Baptist started Wake Forest, and they're the demon deacons. I've never quite well. Understood it was that. obviously
0: Baptist <laughs> pastors that started Wake Forest. And named it the well, Demon Deacons, right? That you was,
1: know, I, I tell people Jesus He went around, you know, healing the sick and casting out deacons. So <laughs> I think that's what it says. But no, so but with our proximity to the seminary, that's a blessing.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, Why is that a blessing?
1: You know, we certainly draw draw students yeah. uh, from there uh, that we're able to uh, to I, I pray you know mentor, uh, train. You know, Danny Aiken will will tell them. You know, it's very likely a a young man. Who wants to or a young woman who wants to serve in a local church? Right. There's there's a lot better chance they're going to end up in a church that looks more like Bayleaf than it does than than say maybe some of the other you know the the, the Summit Church, yeah. uh, some of the other you know larger churches in our area. Uh, so I think we're able to uh, to to help there. I'm blessed to be able to teach there. Yeah. Uh, also. Uh, so we have students come in, uh, but then also, you know, we have a wonderful ministry, our toy chest ministry, where we provide gifts for seminary students to give to their children at Christmas. So mm-hmm. it's just a, it's been a, you know, number of the faculty throughout the years have been active yeah. in our church.
0: So, Seems yeah. like being able to be a part of, at least in a in a volunteer capacity while in seminary, if mm-hmm. not in a more hands-on way in a non-staff role, is beneficial because there are more churches in the United States that are, have established tradition like Bayleaf mm-hmm. and are kind of making that generational shift yeah. like you guys are and living yeah. in more than one generation at once. than there are, well, we yeah. just started 10 years ago and this is right. yeah, who we are. And so right. uh, I feel, do you, do you sense that there are students that are coming and learning how to lead multi-generational effort here? Sure. Or? Okay. Because I
1: think there's more of a, uh, there's more of a, uh, I think an emphasis on that of seeing the value of generations. Uh, in my role, I was a, a trustee at the seminary, and I was on the academic subcommittee. And we were we were interviewing a prospective faculty member who was at a fairly new church plant. And we he we asked him a question about his churchmanship. You know, tell tell me about what what you're doing in your local church. And and he said, you know, trying to provide some wisdom. He said because the 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 negative side of kind of who we are is, you know, I, I'm in my I'm in my late 30s, and I'm probably the oldest, one of the oldest members we have, and and you know, there's times, Brian, just you know, I know this has been recorded, where I would love to have had that, yeah, you know, yeah. you're having a multi generational, it's not church. easy, it's not you know, I, long. I tell I tell young guys. It is the most exasperating, frustrating thing you'll ever love with all your heart. Mm. And, but when I look life. out and I see, number one, I think it's, it's a, um, I see it as, as, as kingdom. I see it as value. I'm going to go way too deep and say it, you know, I think sanctity of life is more than about life and death. I think it's valuing life. And I think it's valuing uh, the life of the people that are part of this family. And I uh, I love the wisdom that older adults can share, but I love the wisdom and the enthusiasm that younger people mm-hmm. can share. See, that's why I don't say, well, the older people are gonna give you wisdom, the younger people are gonna give you energy. No, the younger people can bring wisdom. To the table, it's like the older people can bring wisdom. So,
0: and some uh, they bring energy. I, oh, I know exactly. some senior adults that are. Exactly. I mean, we had one on our vision framing team. You know, inside baseball, I walked Walt. alongside you guys for nine months yeah. in a vision framing process. Yep. And one of the most energetic, globe traveling missions catalyst mm-hmm. on the team was was the also the oldest on yeah, the team. Walt, yeah, yeah, well,
1: just uh, getting ready to take his fortieth trip to Africa.
0: 42, Forty-two Africa.
1: Forty-two, yes. Forty-two trip. To Kenya. Africa.
0: And he's going to Kenya. Yeah. And how old is Walt now?
1: Walt's 80. Walt, Walt, Walt's 80. Uh, right ballpark. He's right around 80, yeah. 80 years of age yeah. and, and is still a leader. Will be with the chairman of my deacons next year and is helping lead so much of our yeah. our efforts going, going forward. Yeah,
0: yeah. And Walt was really one of the catalysts behind a lot of the global mission work at least they're in Kenya sure. for Bay Leaf. right? And, and again, it's just kind of a, gr- a great reminder that, you know, you can get energy and wisdom from the older generation. Exactly. You can get energy and wisdom from the younger generation. Yeah. Exactly. And, and I, I don't know, but that so many of our leaders are, our younger, are just our our new pastors are looking for the ideal place mm-hmm. to step into versus yeah. seeing, Hey, listen, yeah. I've got to lead yeah. to the idea. You know, I love,
1: I, I love the work and, and, uh, I know he's doing stuff with Lifeway, but also with North American Mission Board. He's become a dear friend of mine, John John Mark Clifton. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and he reminds us that, uh, and and I think sometimes, and you're near Nashville, we're in Raleigh, you know, the, the, the large church, the church that runs a thousand or more, seems like the natural thing. And he reminds us, 70% Seventy percent of, in our context, uh, Southern Baptist churches run hundred or less.
0: Right.
1: You know, ninety percent run two hundred and fifty or, or or less. So it's very likely that a young pastor is going to go into an area if he's choosing to to step his first into a senior pastor role. It's probably going to either be multi generational, or it's going to be older generational. Right. And then he's got the task. Of trying to continue to shepherd and love an older generation, but also reach a younger generation. And it's better if I can get that older generation helping me to do that. Yeah. Why wouldn't I do that? Right. You know, and, and so uh, I think we, I think we have that uh, opportunity uh, here at Bayleaf to show uh, seminary students, hey, here's how generations can work together.
0: What's that look like at Bayleaf? Give me a, give me a, well, I think it's, example.
1: I think, I think, it, you know, on the, um, I think on a, on a vision level, uh, it's making sure that people of all the generations can be part of the vision frame, the vision yeah, yeah, framing, yeah. the the vision casting. Yeah. And the, you know, my father used to talk about, his father uh, planted trees that he knew he would not be alive right. when they when they when they came to maturity. Uh, we have people now helping us with vision. They know you. Know, they may not see the end results of you know where we're looking at a thousand plus families, two plus locations. Yeah. that really that really kind of drive us of what we're seeking. To do, they know they. Some of them may not may not see the fruition yeah. of that, but they still want to be part of the the process. But uh, you know what I think a mistake some churches make is um, they they want all generations to be part, but they don't let all generations help lead. Uh, so you're wanting, let's say, maybe it's the it's the the you, you've got a you're trying to have a multi generational church, mm-hmm. uh, but your 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 pastors in his 70s, all the deacons are in their 70s. Looks like the Sunday school teachers are in. Their, well, where are the young deacons? Where are the young? Uh, you know, I think if we can get younger leaders and older leaders working together then it's a natural pull, I think, into our body. But then it shows every generation they're valued for for what we want to do going forward.
0: Is there been anything yet, and I know there's no silver bullet solutions, right? Has there been anything yet that you've seen? You mentioned vision work. You mentioned vision being a common denominator. Um, What about, is there anything at a kind of a ministry level that you've seen bring generations together in activity, a particular focus? Has there been something that, you know, if, if there's a young pastor listening right now and struggling with this, uh, would you say, "Hey, start here" or "Look here"?
1: You know, I think I, I, what I would challenge a young pastor is uh, number one. You know, I'll just throw this in. I saw where either either Danny Akin tweeted this or retweeted it, and he said it said something about. You know, you, you don't 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 work to change a church you don't love. And so I would tell think? that young pastor, you know, as well as I think I think people guys go in and 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 instead of going in saying, "Man, I'm going to love these people and shepherd these people," they go in and all their focus is, I'm gonna is change these people. I'm going to change these people.
0: With the right heart, with the sure, right, sure, I mean, exactly, with gospel intentionality. If but. they
1: will see that you love them, if they will see that you, uh, you, you, you want to shepherd them, you want to lead them, not just I want to drive them to be something that they've never been. I think it will help you. So I would say to the young pastor, let the people see the, the old saying is certainly not new with me. They'll never care how much you know till they know how much you care. You go in, you shepherd people, you love them, you care for them uh, at, at, at at all at all ages. And then it's amazing how even that older generation, maybe, maybe they're 40 years older than you, 50 years older than you, they will still begin to see you as a leader. They will begin to see you as one that God has put there to lead them. So instead of your focus going in and saying how can I change everything that this church is doing go in and saying okay how can I modify what they're doing man they do a they do a fall festival okay that that's good but boy it sure seems like it's so internally focused right okay how can we take the fall festival and make it evangelistic and reach our community yeah. It, it it's 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 interesting where for me with our senior adults when they saw young families coming in to events that got them excited because I think for some of them they they feel like they're seeing their grandchildren right. you know Raleigh's a little bit of a transient area there are people who've grown up here and who's just, Raleigh's also people where a lot a place where a lot of people have come into and their children are scattered all around, but yet at these events, they saw children. And I almost felt like, well, are they, are they almost seeing their grandchildren, their great grandchildren here? And I think it got all the the younger families naturally because they're reaching their peers, but it was the older generation that I think got excited because they saw these newer, younger people coming in. But then it also gave them a heart to seek to, wait a minute, what about my neighbors? You know, I I can go out and invite my neighbors to come to events, so I would say, how do you bring the generations together? Look at what a church is doing, and how do I take that and make it look more outwardly, Hmm. and and do something within our community? Um, I'll give you an example. We, We, you know, Brian, when you talked about uh, how do how do we how do we take things we're doing to, into the community? You know, Bayleaf has always Wait, done was that during our process it. in the process. You okay. were saying how do we make things more evangelistic? How do we? Uh, Andy Matson, who's uh-huh. been been yep. our our minister of uh, of music here since 2000, 2001, somewhere along there. Uh Andy Andy listen since we've done that we have done a concert we've been invited uh, we started doing a uh, a Christmas concert at Lafayette Village which is a local shopping center
0: the Christmas concert used to be in house right yes it
1: would be in house big
0: production in the in the sanctuary
1: yes. so we uh uh we we have a one of our members has a coffee shop that's very popular there we we're in and out of that coffee shop. All our staff, yeah, uh, a lot. We got to know people at this at Lafayette Village, and we started telling them. They said, "Man, it'd be great to do a Christmas concert." And and the store owners love it because it brings a lot of people in. We had it this Saturday, this past Saturday night, and here's what I was about: is, is people will stand in the rain and watch kids sing. It's amazing, <laughs> but. Um, but so Andy started thinking, well, we do some good things, but how can we do that in the community? So we did that. We did that two years. And after the second year, the, uh, the, the, the person who leads over there, kind of the manager of Lafayette Village came and said, hey, what if we could do something at Easter? Okay, Bayleaf was known. We've done a sunrise service. As long as I, I mean, I came here in 1998. We were doing a sunrise service. Carlisle was not there. It was a cow pasture. Yeah. And we would sing, you know, were you there when the, and the cows would start mooing. Every, we would sing hymns uh, and the the cows would start mooing in in unison. That's how long ago that goes back. Um, But there would be 40, 50, 60 people come to this Sunrise service. We'd go have breakfast. Andy said, what if we took the Sunrise service to the community? And Lafayette Village, they they promoted it. You know, and at, here's the at, thing. Sunrise? at Sunrise? At Sunrise. At Sunrise, we will do, um, you know, and then uh, Jeff opened up the coffee shop, made biscuits for people for free. It's not like, you know, uh, yeah, selling. Yeah. Um, and, and the first year we did, you know, we normally were used to 40 to 60 people. Uh, we had, uh, for, over 400 people show up from the community.
0: Not necessarily sunrise. just church
1: people, right? No, not just a but ju- sunrise. From the community. And what people had done is, is Lafayette, uh, had promoted this. And, um, uh, and so when somebody Googled or Googles or searched uh, Sunrise Service, it, th- this one, it would pop up. Yeah. And so people from all over North Raleigh, Northern Wake County, showed up for this event. We were absolutely blown away. I had people who, who at first, uh, I remember one gentleman, gentleman in particular, he came to me, he was upset, can't believe you're taking away our, Chris, our, our Sunrise Service. You know, we I've been coming to this thing. He was so, an I mean, insider. He is, yeah, he was an insider. Yep, yeah. And he uh uh man was so upset. And I and and we we talked through it and 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 he told me, he said, All right, he said, I'll I'll go. He said, I'll be part, but he goes, Pastor, I just I I'm just I I just think you're you're messing up. We said, Well, let's let's try it. And and he came up to me that morning and he said, Thank you. Thank you for 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 doing this. This is phenomenal, mm. and so we've done that now two years. Well, the 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 second year we did it, um, the second the third year we did the Christmas concert. There was a man out there from our state fair, and he approached. He said, "Hey, would you come to a concert? You know, at our at our North Carolina State Fair, each night they do they do uh, uh, concerts, yeah, and there'll yeah. be country music concerts, yeah, beach yeah. music." We got to do it. We got to do a concert. We got to share the gospel at the state fair, Dorton Arena. Uh, so again, it started. Well, let's go into the community, and then you see the doors that's at, that's opened up. So, getting back to what you asked me, the young pastor, what do you do? Look at what you're already doing, and 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 begin to cast a vision to the people of how can we take this wonderfully? Because if you say I don't like what we're doing, we're going to change it. That, that immediately sets it up for you know Aunt Susie whose sister Sarah started that ministry well she doesn't like it either but she's got to stand up for Sarah you know yeah,
0: yeah. um
1: it, it it says man I love what we're doing let's see how can we use this to reach people for Christ how can yeah. we do this to take this out into uh into our community and and I think you'll be surprised how not everybody, but the majority of your people will say, man, we can do that. Yeah. We 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 like that. And then the biggest thing you gotta understand is is not everybody, let like me say it, if 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 your only goal in life is to make everybody happy, you better be an ice cream salesman.
0: Because
1: <laughs> what we've got to understand is not everybody in our church wants to reach people. And there will be people who are, I don't know, maybe they're wolves in in among the, the sheep. So, so don't think everybody's going to jump on board, but you cast it,
0: you you show that, and you'll get people to follow. It it seemed like some of those days, you know, Easter sunrise service mm-hmm. when you had many, you know, ten times more people than yeah. you're used to, or Christmas stuff. Seems like those are pretty high points as you look back the last few years. Mm-hmm. Would you say there's a defining moment? Is there a defining day? We would call it a breakthrough moment for you personally as a leader. And then maybe was there a breakthrough moment for the church? Give give us a little sense of
1: I think the breakthrough moment, I think it's two very different things. I think the breakthrough moment for for our church could have been that first sunrise service. Yeah. Is just see, wait a minute. We've we've sought to take this into our community and and look at the impact. I think they saw the impact that could be. Could be made. I think that would be a breakthrough moment. I think you know when when uh, we were able to cast a vision of what we could do, and we'll I guess talk more about this in a moment. At our Creedmore Road property, um, you know, and and see they they were able to see, and we voted uh, you know ninety eight percent to sell a portion of that land. Uh, but then to see the partnership we could get yeah. could come out of that but for me personally and um you know brian i know you don't want to come across as just the person always yeah. selling your your, your exano services but for me as a leader it was partnering with exano uh because Why? well I, I i came here in 1998 and was mentored by my predecessor. Um, And so when I came as senior pastor in 07, everybody just assumed because I had been mentored by Pastor Rowe that I would lead like Pastor Rowe. And he and I are very different. He is, he's type A, Uh, he can, uh, he quickly makes decisions and you know, win or lose, we're going forward. Yeah. Uh, I used to joke. You know, O would be like, if you know, if that person that would look at you and say, "If I want your opinion, I'll give it to you." You know, yeah. me, I'm, I'm I I think much deeper. My staff jokes that if there's 50 ways to look at something, I'm going to look at all 53 of them. You know, before I make a decision. But because of that, my predecessor, Type A, he made decisions. And 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 things didn't sit on his desk long. He decided we're going forward. Yeah, things were sitting on my desk for months, and I'm just I'm I'm talking to people. I'm and you know, so I remember we were we we started uh, we started this process, and you were we were trying to figure out our personality, the blocks
0: with yeah, with we're using that, the insights, the, right insights. Yeah, yeah. So I, and you asked the question of the team. Oh no, that's you're talking about the collaboration. Kit. Collaboration. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: You say you said, "How many of you feel like your pastor should be an initiator, mm-hmm. an innovator?" Yeah. And almost everybody in the room raised their hand. And you said, "Well, yours isn't. What are we going to do?" I'm more the stabilizer. Yeah, I'm the I'm the process,
0: the process, uh, and, yeah. and and
1: and uh, and I remember I, I I joked I'm like man I I'm not sure I like where this is going you know <laughs> it
0: felt like I was putting you on
1: the yeah and I and and what came out of that was we now have a leadership team it's a mm-hmm. we called our executive team. It would be very similar to what some churches would have as elders. Uh-huh. You know, we call them executive uh, executive team, and it is uh, it's five of us, and it's amazing when we put that in. It freed me up mm-hmm. to 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 have to for my gifts of of pastoral ministry, preaching. Um, you know, just kind of just walking with our people, yeah. even mentoring younger guys. And, and when we put that, that in place, things started getting done. You know, we are now, we just now um, had our, uh, uh, we, we celebrated back in the fall, uh, our one year anniversary of our Saturday night service. Okay, That service has reached more people uh, than our other services. I feel like combined new families coming okay. into our, our, our church. Uh, it is just, it's, it's been phenomenal. You know, I, if we had not put this team in place, I would still be praying and trying to figure out if we needed to start a Saturday night right, service.
0: Right. You're um, saying as if you, if it was up to you, if you're trying to lead in kind of that uh, sole proprietorship right. mindset of, well, I'm going to make the decision, I'm going to make the call. You'd still be doing what you do. I'd and, still and be how God has gifted you to yeah. process and think through yeah. and some of those things, but because you're leading in the context of a larger group you're able to yeah. lean on them exactly right okay. and
1: and and we joke is is you know when we're in that room uh i i, I you know the buck still stops with me but these guys know they are free to say Yeah. Uh, and we're free to talk and and they can challenge me they can hold me accountable uh they can push me yeah. they, you know pastor man we love you but we've got to move on this yeah. right now and, and so, uh, uh, and I can push back, but most of the time what I find myself saying, you know, you guys are right. We've, we've studied this. We know the answer. Mm-hmm. The answer may not be an easy answer. You know, the, you know Johnny Hunt says hard decisions. We don't make hard decisions to hurt people, but hard decisions sometimes do hurt people. Right. So when it comes to making some hard decisions, uh, these guys have almost given me the now the support to say, yes, this is what we've got to do.
0: Good. Yeah. Ta- talking about the transition to that, it doesn't seem like that's just a switch you flip, and all of a sudden you you kind of move <clears> from <throat> everybody having this one expectation of you, the pastor, and now uh, you've got this team that, that really fits your personality yeah. better. I, I think our church embraced
1: it because very quickly, you saw things getting done. Yeah. This was, we're set up, you know, we're a pastor led church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I say we're deacon served, we're pastor led, we're committee organized to congregationally govern. Uh, so it wasn't like I had to go present it to a personnel committee or present it to the deacons. It was a decision we just made. Mm-hmm. I, I got the guys around me, which are kind of senior staff, which at that time in that room represented. It's crazy to think. Uh, about 80 years of ministry at Bayleaf. Wow. So we knew the church, warts and all. Uh, we uh, we just started doing it. And, and our people saw immediately things getting done. Immediately we vote to, I mean, I would say immediately, within a very short period of time. You know, we're starting a Saturday service. We are taking the older, you know, the rundown chapel And we have now, you know, we have refurbished it. It, It's a gorgeous multi-use area. You know, now it's no longer it's it's no longer a musty museum. It's a beautiful area that we use for our Saturday night service. It's an area we use. You know, we have a uh, a a Romanian Moldovan church that meets there in there on Sunday. Uh, So it's it's getting used. They saw things getting done. And they saw the church moving forward, and so they—it was so obvious. Everyone embraced it. Yeah, Yeah. no one has come and said, "No, we like the way it was
0: before." Has there been any of the particular language of the vision frame that, for you personally, has has had resonance? Has there been something for you that's like in your leadership? Man, this is this has made a world of difference to me. I think
1: the uh, I think the focus for me personally was seeing you know we're you know what what we we talk about helping every generation find genuine fulfillment through life anchored in Christ, and it's uh, it's it's that idea of every generation, and embracing that and seeing the beauty of it. not just not just the 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 difficulty mm-hmm. in it, uh, you know, but seeing the beauty of generations coming together, you know, to see people who have worshipped in this in this church uh, since World War II, you know, coming along the family that moved into the neighborhood six months ago. Mm. You know, to 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 see now uh, great grandchildren worshiping mm-hmm. with their 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 great-grandparent. You know, I, I, to me, it's you see a beauty of of God's kingdom. Uh, you work through the 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 things that arise. The you know, what well, well, do we call it? This do we call it that? You know, uh, 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 you know. Um, you know, there. You know, when you look at a lot of our things, it says Bayleaf, right? Uh, and then other things it says Bayleaf Baptist Church, right? You know, the uh, there's an older generation that would say, "Let's not lose who we are," um, but for years we've we've just said the word Bayleaf, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so it's just working through the things that you've got to work through. But to see the beauty of what it looks like when when people of every generation come together to worship
0: together, to serve right. together, and to reach the community together. Yeah, they're um, helping every generation find genuine, genuine fulfillment, fulfillment through, through life, life anchored, anchored in, in Christ. Christ. Yeah. yeah, talk to me about that life anchored in Christ piece. Why was that important yeah. for you guys? Well, I, I think I think when you when when we're here.
1: In North Raleigh, it's very—it's a very fluent area. We're we're in the heart of the two seven six one four area code, and we're told—I don't know who comes up with this—that two seven six one four has the highest, um, you know, income level in our state. Uh, so you have a lot of affluent people here, executive people here in this area. Um, so it's easy to try to find life in a lot of other things mm-hmm. and fulfillment and some, fulfillment yeah. and and you know and so you know here you, you go knock on someone's door and you you say well I want to tell you about a need you have in your life well they look around at their stuff and, well I think I'm doing okay
0: yeah
1: uh, but no to to try to say what does it look like to be anchored in Christ you know to to you know to to, to nurture disciples, to, to abide daily. You know, we, 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 we've worked through those and say, what does it mean to model what a person who's anchored in Christ for those around us? And and then you know, we believe when we do that and the person sees, well, wait a minute, this guy has the same you know issues in his life that I have but he has peace and I don't, to where they see that and and I think
0: it's very attractive to people. Yeah. Um, what what's one moment or 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 time? What what's something you can look back on in the last few months, the last 12 months or so, and go, yeah, that's that's our mission. That's 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 our mission in action right there. That's the that's the touchdown bomb of yeah. of of getting it right, you know.
1: Well, probably at different levels, you know, we have seen uh you know we have seen people come to faith in Christ mm-hmm. not because a pastor went out but because a neighbor went out. Mm-hmm. you know they've uh you know this past year uh, was you know we've we've done a walk through the gospel of John that we've entitled come and see. Uh, next year we're going to do the Book of Acts, and it's going to be go and tell.
0: Yeah, you're yeah. setting them up, right? They're setting them up yeah.
1: exactly. But we've already seen it. Our, yeah. our people are starting to see one thing. I think that's changed. I think Bayleaf has always had a very strong mission emphasis, mm-hmm. but mission work was what you went and did, not who you were. So you went, you got on an airplane to go do missions. And I think hopefully that 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 touchdown moment overarching is now we get people to see they wake up on the mission field and and God's Mm -hmm. strategically put me and Pastor Marty doesn't know my neighbor. He may never get to
0: meet my neighbor, but I know my neighbor. If you could go back and go and do one moment over again in just kind of the, the recent past, what would you do? Anything jumping out? Uh you
1: know, uh, I could I guess I could say i uh, uh reached out to uh to Will Mancini about three years earlier, but uh, <laughs> uh, I think I think if I could change one thing, it'd probably be if I could go back to to when I started as a pastor, what would I do differently? I would I would Well I'm about to ask yeah, you if you okay. could tell
0: yourself one okay.
1: thing in that first year. What I'm would I about what in the would recent change highs. in the in the recent? You know, what would what would I I, I change? Um, I think certainly setting up the uh, the the leadership style. I I for too long tried to become the leader that my predecessor was. I tried. Mm-hmm. I, I tried, and I would instead of really allowing my mind to process something, I would just jump in. And we made some we made some some mistakes. We 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 made some decisions that probably proved weren't you know the the right 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 at the time. Uh, I would have embraced more who I am, who God's created to me uh, to be, and then sought to put that team around me. I would have done that earlier. In my ministry, uh, than I than, than I than I did. What do you think um, would be different today if you'd done that? Earlier? I think we would be further. I do think we would be probably further along. I think that we would not have gotten stuck. And you know this, you know I, I think because we were stuck for a period of time, we lost some energy. I think we lost some people who would have loved to have brought energy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that just felt like, man, the church is just stagnant. And uh so that's probably that's probably something I would have done differently. Uh, maybe, maybe change some things personnel-wise. You know, when I transitioned back, uh, you know, kind of took over from my my a mentor, a predecessor, that led to, you know, there were some things I would hindsight's twenty 2020 i would have put in place uh that that would have i think made it an
0: easier transition did you have a sense at the time that those needed to be made yeah. that you just were hesitant to do it had that you can had, just purely looking yeah. back you can see that looking back you can you was can there anything that, that you could tell a pastor today like hey, if you see this you know i would i would say this is if you are going to
1: Um, pastor church and you've had a long-term pastor there. You know, the pastor's been there, you know, in my case, 32 years. And he says, hey, I'm gonna stay at the church and I'm gonna be your biggest supporter. I'm gonna be your biggest fan. Uh, Understand there will be some blessings with that and there'll be challenges because he will continue to be their pastor. He will continue to be a strong influence. Uh, and so I'm not saying don't go there. I'm saying, you know, I would suggest that you try to work out a sabbatical in which that pastor and have the church pay for it. Mm-hmm. Hey, go to Hawaii for six months. I don't know, I mean, go to I mean, go do something uh to to be, you know, uh I've heard the story of like when when one of the first times Steve Gaines, when he went to Bellevue on Sunday night, he came back and he didn't have a tie on to preach. And it's it's like, man, it was the end of the world. People wanting to have emergency deacons meeting. He's got to go. The next Sunday night, Adrian Rogers showed up and didn't have a tie on and nothing else was ever said. Hmm. It's like, okay, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay so there there can be benefits to having that pastor stay there what i would say is 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 no there can be challenges because he will continue to be a strong influence if he's been there a long time
0: and so it's better to kind of bring him in and make him a, an yeah. ally in and yeah. in, in intentionally leverage that yeah. influence rather than yeah. always trying to mitigate yeah. that influence. Yeah. You know, I, I, I tell guys, because I'm now getting older
1: to that age where you see guys I've known for a long time, they're the ones stepping out. And when I hear that, I'm going to stay in the church. And I, I look at him, I say, stop, no, go go somewhere else. I invited yeah. one guy, come to Bailey. Yeah, You know, give that guy some time. To become their pastor. Hmm. Um, because it's it's like it's like this that uh, y- y- you know, I would sometimes get on to my kids. Uh my son would say, Mom, can I go stay at Timmy's house? Uh oh, I'm not sure. Go ask your dad. He'd come to me. Hey, mom said it was fine with her, but to ask you. Mom didn't say it was fine with her. Mom said to come ask me. But he knows know. we're not doing the research,
0: right? Is <laughs> right, yeah. It's like
1: so. All right. So Pat. So that's where a the the long tenured pastor, the the new guy changes something, and then and the 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 younger the older pastor says, "Well, I kind of like the way we did it, but I'm going to support him." Then the guy he says that too, goes to but man, you know. Pastor Bill hates what we're doing. He doesn't see, you know, yeah, and so yeah. I just think you've gotta be, if you're in that position where you're the long-term pastor, you gotta be very careful how you move forward. Because you, you know, I, I've just seen, man, you probably have too, I've seen cases where God used a pastor to, to build a great church and then the last few
0: years of his ministry
1: it it, te- it tears it all down.
0: Yeah, he's just hanging on. Exactly. There's, there's no longer a vision. Well, here's what I see. Yeah. There's no longer a vision for the future. There's a vision for the past. Exactly. And sustaining something and exactly. that pastor is a few years away from retirement and that's really the vision. The vision is to stay here until I until I can I'm old can enough retire. to retire yeah. versus if you went back 10 years, 15 years in their ministry, they they their vision was for something way beyond exactly. and way bigger than just you know kind of a personal exactly, and it's human nature. It's not bad leaders, right? It's just it's human nature to right. do that, and so right. yeah, that's good. That's a good word. Hey, let's wrap with the okay. three questions I ask every okay. every guest. Uh, first one: What's one daily or regular habit you practiced that keeps you close to the heart of God?
1: It's gonna. This may surprise. The easy thing is, you know, I I certainly seek to read my Bible every day, pray. I spend time. I spend time whether it's in person or with my wife. My wife, uh, my wife, uh, she helps me follow Christ. She is a voice of reason. She's a voice of encouragement. She can be a voice of rebuke (laughs) when I become self centered. Uh, and so, for me as a pastor, because I'm pastoring husbands and wives, men and women, one thing I seek to do daily is to share with my wife and get her thoughts hmm. on uh, on on my 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 pastoring on things we're facing. So that that's something, you know. Again, I want to say I hope everybody. Every pastor is spending time abiding daily yeah, yeah. in the Word of God and in prayer. Um, so that's the given uh, for me. It's I want to also spend time with you know the two have become one. I What's that look like with. on a regular basis? Is that just I try? Give us a picture of yeah, what that we looks try like. to. If we're both in Raleigh, we try to. When I, I try when I get home uh i try to take that first 15 20 minutes before i go off to do something i go off i love to i love to 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 work with labrador retrievers i love to to work with dogs so before i go do that before i go walk,
0: before i go do that, is i just we just yeah. spend a few minutes talking about our day and is there is there something that you ask her or she asks you that prompts that is there something Something I just, like it that. can be just, hey, how'd it go today? How, everything. Yeah. A lot of times my wife can read me.
1: She mm-hmm. knows when I come in, if it's been a a good day or a
0: tough day. Yeah, yeah. you can see it right away. Um, if you could go back to your first year of ministry and tell yourself one thing, what would it be? That just because somebody
1: questions what I'm doing does not mean... They're opposed to me, or to what I'm doing. I used to think. Unpack that. Yeah. I was gonna if say you that ask a question in a members meeting, we what you don't trust me. You what what you don't you know, for
0: someone to question is, is for somebody to question. Of of like,
1: well, why are we doing this? Well, why aren't we doing this? Uh, you know, are we spending too much on that? I quickly began to see that person as. Boy, they must they're 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 an adversary. Mm-hmm. No. Does that come just, from playing sports? Like it, it could be. If you're they're not on my side of the line, yeah. you're on your you're side ag- of the ball you're against yeah, me. Yeah. And it could be. Yeah. Uh it's sin. That's what i I think it is. Is is about you know I've learned that you know what is is I want people to love the Lord and love this body and you know. Uh, they if they if they love it, they're going to ask hard questions. They're going to, they want to make sure their money's being yeah. spent the most effectively. And so that's what I would tell myself. Just because somebody asked maybe even some tough questions, it doesn't mean they're against me. It doesn't mean they're against the vision. You know, they're going to be the pirates out there we talk yeah, about yeah. that are never going to come over. they are going to be some of those, but, 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 I I wish I wish I could go back and say you know what there are some great people who there's some of them some of them now I love and I serve with but 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 years ago I would have seen them as man they're they're on the other side. What was a
0: turning point for you? What was a breakthrough for you in that? How'd you begin to see that? Probably just maturity. Okay. Probably just probably just years in ministry. Years of proving out that somebody asking a question is a good thing, not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Last question: um, Is there one book? you consistently recommend or give as a gift?
1: I tell you, you know, for for me, I have given away a number of is um, to pastors, probably two. One's an older, book, I guess both of them are a little bit older now. Um, uh, but Pipers, brothers, we are not professionals. Why? I think it gets to this heart of, you know, God's not called us to be CEOs he's called us to be shepherds and it kind of goes through what that looks like Uh, the other the other is a book uh, um, and and I'm going brain dead on the author dangerous calling uh, uh, is a is a book um, it reminds it, it it goes through, and I, I can't believe I. I mean, I've used this in the classes I've taught at, at, at seminary, but dangerous calling, and it's a warning to pastors who sacrifice their families mm-hmm. for their for their 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 calling or what they would see as their calling, their church, and and I probably did that. I was the one, you know, I would I would act like everything was perfect here, then I'd go home and you you take your frustrations out on the people you love. You are wonder why do we treat the people we love the most the worst? You'll 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 find a stranger on the corner and you'll be just as kind and polite and then you'll go home and blast your children. Why why do we do that? I, I don't you know, it doesn't make sense. We we love our kids, but um you know that's that's that that's that's a book where um, I again I've had every one of my students uh, read this uh, read this book because it really gets into this this pastor's heart of of man how do you as you shepherd your church also shepherding your family.
0: That's good, Marty. Thank you for being a hey, guest. Hey, my my God,
1: pleasure, it. my my pleasure,
0: Brian. Thank you for all you've done for us. Thank you for listening to My Ministry Breakthrough from the Oxano Podcast Network. You can head over to myministrybreakthrough.com to join the conversation and access our show notes, including the books or other resources mentioned in this episode. If you enjoy hearing these stories of Ministry Breakthrough, we would be honored if you would subscribe, rate, and even leave a review on iTunes or your preferred podcast provider. Thanks again for listening.